pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, good evening and welcome to Resonance 104.4 FM. The time is 7 o'clock and you're about to listen to One Life Left, No Continues. Good evening and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of One Life Left No Continues. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scanterbury. And this is a little bit different. If you've been listening to us for the last 24 weeks, you'll have grown used to One Life Less. Regular mix of news, reviews, guests. You say used, uh, used, uh, others might say tired. It could be either, but that's why we've chosen to mix it up a little bit for the next six weeks. We're going to be doing No Continues, which is One Life Left's book game group. Simon, what does that mean? It means uh, that on our Mondays off, uh, we come into the studio um, and we get homework and stuff like that. Actually, ironically, we have to do more work (laughs) than the usual show, which we just turn up for. But uh, we have in-depth discussions with a panel of esteemed guests. Mm. Um, and people seem to like it, don't they? Some people on Twitter were very pleased it's coming back. Yeah, very excited. Less music, less nonsense, more <laughs> chat. Yeah. More of the stuff you want. Maybe we should get some jingles done for No Continues. Maybe. Well, Anne and I were just saying that maybe we should have a new theme tune. Or it should be a variation on the... Uh, really, on a the, remix. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe it should be a, a dub mix of it. That would be good. Simon, you didn't participate in much of No Continues last time around, did you? Well, I, w- I mean, th- that sounds rude of you. I, m- I was here, certainly. <laughs> but, so that seems a rude thing to say. Um, no, I didn't come to very many. I've And uh, I need to put a request in to take two of these off as well, actually. Really? Yeah. Holiday request. Is it the same HR as the regular show? <laughs> what is our holiday allowance? Zero. Okay. You're already over. Yeah, no, I was here for a few. Yeah, yeah. But it's a bit, a bit too clever for me. Anne, are you excited to be playing games again? I never stop playing games, Steve. I'm excited to be playing more than one in a week. <laughs> and being made to play How many them. have you played this week? Three. Okay, that's exciting. It's pretty good, hey? It's not just you two, though. We have a panel of four extra super special guests this week. Uh, we have Aoife, Katie, Kara, and Matt. And we're going to begin by introducing Aoife. Hello. 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 You're going to have to go a little bit closer oh. to the mic, I think. Yeah, is this all right? Uh, that's perfect. Are you excited to be here? I'm incredibly excited to be here. Who, now, are, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, I know, but you should explain to the yes, listeners. Yes, I should indeed. Okay, um, my, my name's Aoife, and I am a freelance uh, video producer, writer, and um, sometimes presenter, um, and it's all to do with video games, so... Yes. Qualified in. I thought that stay. we would, we would uh, we'd bring on a qualified video game presenter to keep us at the top of our game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or to well. show us up, I'm not sure. So welcome, Aoife. Next up, Katie. Hello. Hi. Hi. So I'm Katie. I'm probably the novice of the group. I'm an occasional gamer, fancy trying something new, and have therefore volunteered to scare myself out of my wits this That's week. Welcome Perfect. to the show, Katie. It is. Uh, what makes you an occasional gamer, then? A rare gamer, perhaps? A rare gamer! Um, I spent most of my teens playing Baldur's Gate and never quite recovered from the experience. Okay. And nowadays I pick up the Wii occasionally, pick up your pinball simulator. Okay. And uh, 
So you're sort of a you're a lapsed gamer. A lapsed gamer, yeah. Bring me back to the fold. And you've enjoyed this week's selection of games on the PC then. Scary games on the PC. Absolutely. Okay, we'll come around to the Sorry, theme in a second. It. Next up, Cara. Hello, I'm Cara. I sometimes write for Rock, Paper, Shotgun and PC Gamer, but in my spare time, I like to uh, be a pos- assistant producer of video games at Little Light. So you make games and talk about games. Right, this is perfect. Too much gaming, really. Really? <laughs> Which do you prefer writing for, Rock, Paper, Shotgun or, P- or PC Gamer? Oh, no, now you've done it. No, I can't <laughs> say that. That's that's horrible. <laughs> Simon! <laughs> <laughs> it's what paper shotgun, isn't it? Uh, well, they they let me have more words. Okay, uh, I do like saying words and writing words, so <laughs> that's the best one for me. I think they're probably. both very good, though. They're yes, diplomatic. Di- diplomatic. Thanks. Thanks. Well done. <laughs> so um, finally, we've got Matt. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Matt? I'm very good, thanks. You know, thanks you've been on uh, the regular one life left, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. I think I've done the whole set. You have, yeah. <laughs> super, super special guest. Uh, explain to the listeners of No Continues who you are. Oh, well, um, I'm a kind of video game man. I do a bunch of stuff. I used to do some writing, now I do some videos, do lots of podcasts. I just do loads of stuff. Loads it's of stuff. mostly silly. So this week we've got quite a, um, a dedicated video gaming panel. That won't always be the case. Uh, some weeks we will have more lapsed gamers than uh, dedicated gamers, but that's part of the joy of No Continues, I think, finding out about all uh, segments of video game... People. People. (laughs) People who've played a lot of video games, video game people, what they think of the games. We're going to try and choose a theme each week, and what was the theme this week, Simon? The theme this week was uh, fear. Fear. Uh, So we were given three games we had to play, and then some uh, some uh, optional games to play for extra credit. I, um, I'll be honest, I did the bare minimum. <laughs> played played three briefly. You expecting to uh, coast through? It's this terrifying. Course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, no, it's good. Well, to say I enjoyed it was, um, would be a lie. Some of them were quite scary, but we'll come on to those. So yeah, that was our theme. Uh, but you you picked it. What 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 made you choose Fear this week? Well, we were looking for games that are accessible, um, that every one of our panel can play, and obviously that centres the format around home computers. Um, and actually, the first game I thought of was a game called Witch, which, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. Now, if you're interested in playing along with No Continues, you can find the games that we have played on the One Life Left Twitter, which is at... One Life Left. <laughs> Twitter.com slash One Life Left. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but for now, let's have Matt introduce Witch to the group. Well, Witch is a funny one. Um, I really, really like the art style, but then it was horrible. Basically, you're horrible for making me do this, because I agreed to come <laughs> on the show, and then you told me what the games were and the theme was. I mean, up until this week, the scariest game I ever played was Echo the Dolphin. So first of all, <laughs> thanks a bunch for this. Um, you're welcome. But Witch kind of starts you off in this weird monochrome very plain building it's like being in a kind of paper bag almost it's just very indistinct and hazy um and silent and you don't really have any direction other than it seems clear that you're supposed to get out of the building somehow and i really liked it at first just because it was very creepy and atmospheric and just lots of empty space and lots of empty cupboards. Mm-hmm. But then it got scary. <laughs> and uh, I liked it less. So we, we should explain. It's a first-person game. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, basically it's completely first-person. And the controls are all taught to you within about 30 seconds because it's just on the wall. It shows you how to move. And then you move and it shows you how to... You can use one mouse button to interact with things and the other one to duck. And then that's it. It's just you can... You're in a very plain house, and you're just moving around looking at things. But I don't know how they've done it. They've done something very interesting with the lighting, so the lighting kind of phases as you move around. It's almost like infrared or something. It's it's very weird, but mm. entrancing and creepy. Mm. So black and white, first-person game, which involves you trying to escape from the house. Did you make it out? You know what? I didn't, actually. And whilst I really love the visual style of this game, it had it was really annoying that it just was... It was very hard to work out what to do. And in the end, uh, twice I had to go onto YouTube and try and look at how to do things. Mm -hmm. And that was really annoying because then I had to listen to American Brat yabbering (laughs) over it. And it's also a difficult game to Google, isn't it? It is. (laughs) Which game? (laughs) I'm trying to tell you. Do you mean which game is the best game? No, no. Just, just. uh, But no, um, yeah. So I kind of, I went to, I ended up going to guides twice and on the third time i just thought you know what like it was getting to the point where every time i was scrubbing through youtube videos i was like spoiling stuff for myself so Mm -hmm. i just sort of thought nah but Mm -hmm. 
I got to the bit with the lady upstairs, and that was uh, that was creepy, wasn't it? We should explain that you know there are obviously going to be spoilers about the game from this point. So yeah. if you uh, are listening to this on the Resonance FM SoundCloud or on our podcast or something, maybe you want to pause right now. <laughs> Yes, there's a lady with that head. (laughs) Uh, Or a heart. It's kind of a mannequin, Mm. and it's static, but then you move closer, and then suddenly it starts animating. Yeah. And the creepiest thing then is that every time she sees you, well, she can't see you because she hasn't got a head, (laughs) she's got a heart-shaped hole in her chest, but she turns around and looks at you, and then every time you turn your back and then turn around again, she's directly behind you, (laughs) and she just follows you all the way around the house. Mm. And I spent basically about 15 minutes doing this, and it kind of worked because clearly I was supposed to find something actually, and there was something I hadn't spotted. Mm-hmm. But I was just convinced because you could kind of, because of the weirdly monochromatic style, you can sort of see the outline. Mm-hmm. And I was very aware that she did have a kitchen knife in her hand. <laughs> and I basically just played, played for about 15 minutes walking around with her just behind me, thinking, when is she going to stab me? She's going to stab me. <laughs> And uh, it wasn't very pleasant. What was the what was the most frightening part of the game for you? The most frightening part of the game um, was the realization. The first time it was just behind me, mm-hmm. I was like, "Ooh, bit of a jump shock," but it didn't scare me that much. It was more the realization that I realized that from that point onwards, she was always behind me, and that she had a knife in her hand. <laughs> and that was like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> Before any- I was just looking in cupboards. <laughs> Did anyone else have a similar experience to Matt? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, which, out of all the games we played, I think it definitely looked the most polished, I reckon. Um, but it was just, well, it was for, like, the, the first time I played it, I met a rather bad end. Because um, <laughs> there's two endings right. uh, that I'm aware of. There's two endings to the game. Um, and I got the bad one to start okay. off with. Um, because the witch obviously refers <laughs> to the head or the heart. And I picked the head. And when you pick the head, she realizes that only one person can get out of the house and she gets rid of you so she can walk free. Um, And yeah, then I replayed it and got the good ending. It's very much a narrative based game, right? It's a storytelling game rather than one based on reactions. Yeah. I kind of clocked what the story was and then I was like, okay. I kind of saw where it was going. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's, it's very simple, isn't it? It's very simple. That's what I really liked about it, the fact that it was so story-driven, because even though I found it a bit frustrating looking for stuff, I played it for a long time because I wanted to find out what happened next. Mm. Yeah. And in fact, when the first thing happened, I realised there were two endings, and so I tried again. Mm-hmm. And I even tried... I thought there might be a third ending because I actually felt really sorry for the headless creature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah, I mean, I I find this the scariest out of all the games that we were asked to play. Um, so I actually got to the bit where you see her head in the toilet, and I just <laughs> freaked out and could not play any more of it. I just I was so scared and like shaken by all of it. I think it's the atmosphere in the game that really makes it like it really just intimidates you. I think when you first open the drawers downstairs, there's like a heartbeat starts, mm-hmm. and that's just terrifying. That just like it makes you feel so like put upon and just oh, it's scary. That's quite interesting the way the game begins, which is just in the, one of the most mundane tasks, just walking up to uh, you know kitchen drawers and opening them and opening them mm-hmm. and opening them. Maybe that's quite important, the pacing in this sort of thing. I definitely think so. And also, um, like the opening of the door into the bathroom downstairs. Mm-hmm. As soon as the door opens into the bathroom, it's quite scary for me because I, I played quite a lot of Resident Evil when I was younger. <laughs> and all the worst stuff happens in bathrooms. I think we can say that about life. That's true. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, the, the, the bathroom stuff is always like a zombie behind this shower curtain or, or whatever. <laughs> but like bathrooms certainly have a, a real sort of fear factor. <laughs> did, any, did any of you try it in 3D? I didn't, know. I did have some 3D glasses somewhere in the house, but I couldn't find them. I went digging through the kitchen for them for ages. But <laughs> Opening drawers. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally... But the, our kitchen is very different. Our kitchen is every drawer you open is full of, like, takeaway things. <laughs> and I think, actually, the, the absence of stuff was really a massive factor for me and why it was scary, because I think, especially because I got so stuck on it for such a long time, it literally spent half an hour mm. before I even opened the second door. So... 
I think it's just the way that all these cupboards, they're all, all the cupboards and drawers are empty. Mm -hmm. And so it was just this absence of anything. And knowing that I'm playing a horror game, it's like, I'm playing a horror game. And so far, this is a game about opening cupboards. Mm. And so when it came to actually opening door number two, I was just like, I don't want to open these doors because I know that there's stuff behind these doors I'm not going to like. It's interesting as well that you talk about the absence of things because I think the absence of actual sounds was really scary for me. Like I'd mentioned this sort of heartbeat, but actually, aside from that and your own footsteps, there's really no sound in this game. It mm. almost felt like the um, opening of cupboards, those sounds were magnified because yes. there was no other sound. Yeah. It made it actually more, you know, like scary. Yeah. And the other games, there, there's at least some sort of background mm. sort of noise that's going on. Um, but in this one, like that was the most chilling thing for me. Yeah. Like, um, I think the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre had like no soundtrack at all. And that was scary to me. Talking of no sound, Anne. I had a very different experience. <laughs> um, I found this minimalism and just opening drawers, just going to the bathroom, basically boring. Um, and I wasn't really scared, and I just got bored and stopped. <laughs> okay, you weren't scared when a headless woman with no heart. No, I stopped up. before then because I was so bored. <laughs> I, the other two, I got. Okay. I got why that was scary. I didn't get why opening drawers was scary, and why would I continue opening doors if maybe opening... to get to the scary part? Yeah. Well, I then just put me in the scary part in the first did you put, place. Did you have? Um, it's a weird question, but were you wearing like headphones whilst doing it? No. You see, I think a lot of this is because I remember I, when I was a kid, I used to burst into tears whenever I played Prince of Persia, and it was the noise it made when you fell in the spikes. It was a <laughs> used to scare the hell out of me. And I think it's just that stuff now. I've I've got really good headphones, and I think the main thing that scared me about these games was the audio. And in this one, it was very subtle. It wasn't silence. You see, it wasn't silence. There was a very low hum. There was a very gentle background noise, almost nothing. And it was just really unpleasant. But I think if you were kind of I just... Got, the thing is, I got the atmosphere from it. I just didn't get anything else. Whereas with the others, there was atmosphere, but then there was also something else there. That, you know, I don't want to spoil For me, too much, but there was the woods and things. Yeah. But with this, it was just, oh, it was the It was the anticipation for me of something happening. It was like, because a lot of these games are very short you you know something bad's going to happen really, really soon, but you're just not sure when. And that, for me, was the really scary thing about Witch. You knew something bad was just around the corner. If Witch had, had thrown you straight into the room with the woman with no head and no heart, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as no. scary, scary, right? No. No. Cause you'd be like, less boring. Well, <laughs> people like, I'm playing a scary game, and then you'd be braced something scary, and actually, if you give someone something scary straight away... It's like, oh, no, this is fine. I knew it was going to be scary. They can acclimatise to the, the sort of the realm that you're in. You it's think? all about the anticipation, isn't mm. it? And about you let, you let your imagination step in and do the work for the game a bit, I think. Do you think this is uh, because of your familiarity with the tropes of horror um, that you're expecting something? Would this game have been more or less scary if you've never experienced a horror movie before? I think it actually really depends on how big of an imagination like <laughs> y you kind of have because uh, my imagination tends to just be like there are any number of horrible things that could happen to me here and they just it just runs wild and I'm just like oh my goodness, Like I, I can't take it anymore. And it, when it got to the head, that's why I stopped, because I was like, there are so many horrible <laughs> things that could happen. So I stopped. I think that's why like low-budget indie horror games work so well, because it's the minimalism is your imagination actually fills in the gaps. So you know, you're, you're actually making the scares for yourself, in a way. Okay, well that's Witch. We'll be back after a little piece of music to talk about our next game, Hide.
This is One Life Left, No Continues, on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a radio, video game, book club. Does that make sense, That's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. We're all things to all people. And we've been joined by a wonderful panel today. Already discussed one video game, that was Witch. Before we go on to talk about Hyde, there were some extra credit games, weren't there, on the list? Uh, Like a little bit of a, a word about Forbidden. Okay, well, Forbidden was an interesting one for me, actually, because... To some extent, all the games played on the technology a little bit. You know, there was always static or, you know, something that that actually they made reference to that it was a game. And Forbidden was the most blatant in all of these in that it was a game that um, the developer actually was a part of the game. And he said, right, are you sure you want to play this? What happens is he says that if you try to quit out of the game or you fail, he's going to delete the files on your computer. And it's a genuine threat that if you don't complete this game, it's going to corrupt your hard drive. Hmm. So it's quite a quite a real thing that's pushing you to complete it. I really enjoyed the the, the thing on the website said uh, you should probably want to read the readme file before you launch the game. No one does that. Like no one does that. And so I launched the game, and it said the first thing that says, as you say, it says I'm going to delete the files you know, on your hard disk mm. if you fail at this game. <laughs> and I was like, okay, probably should have read the readme. And the readme actually says, don't worry, not going not gonna to do that, but I hadn't. And so, well, I was a little bit worried, but then I thought, well, I would have hoped you wouldn't send me a file that was going to corrupt my computer, but you never know. <laughs> uh, so it's a very, very simple game apart from that, isn't it? It is. And, you know, like some of the writing felt a bit flat to me in places, but it was, you know, it was almost like, um, what do you call those games where you follow the wire around and you get an electric mm-hmm. shock or something when you, you touch the line? It was almost like that. Yeah, the fairground sort of yeah. thing. Um, but it, 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 what actually happens is you drag a, a circle cursor, around, yeah. around that course, and if you touch the sides, another little guy catches you up, yeah. right? It's very simple. Yeah, very, very simple. And he's actually, he's chasing you throughout the thing, and you, you speak to Mozilla Firefox, and you speak to Internet Explorer, <laughs> like, they're characters in the game, and they're trying to, they try and figure out a way to stop this virus from taking over your computer. I mean, it's very, very simple stuff, and it was quite, it was quite an interesting idea. Mm. Yeah. But it was quite cool. It was real light relief for me, because um, <laughs> I'd been playing Witch at about 3am on a Saturday night, on my own in the house, and I got to the opening screen of Witch, looked around, and thought, I can't cope with this. I'm going to play Forbidden instead. So it was definitely a laugh after that. I guess, uh, in a way, it, I mean, the developer explains that it's kind of a commentary on horror movie games or it's an attempt to uh, chart that same sort of emotional path. And I think that that's almost makes it easier to play, right? Because it's a knowing experience. Because it's self-referential. You're like, nothing bad's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But... We should talk about our next game. Cara, do you want to introduce it? Sure. So uh, Hide is a first-person game that has quite minimal controls as well, just like Witch. Um, You just use W-A-S-D and then um, the mouse. And you can look around, um, and it's this beautiful sort of pixelated black and white landscape. It's snowy, um, and it's quite lonely. And the only thing that you can hear throughout the game, really, um, from the beginning, is the sound of your own breath. Um, and you're breathing in and out and it gets um, faster um, depending on what happens in the game and slower depending on what happens in the game and you can also sort of sprint for s- small periods as well if you want to and um, basically it's, it's called hide and it's about hiding and um, you have to find five I think notices in the game and look at them and then um, that's pretty much it and um, it's just about hiding from things that or one particular thing that comes after you <laughs> well there's more than one yeah there's, there's definitely there's more <laughs> yes, at the end there's there's a ga- there's a gathering of of more than one of them. But yes, it's 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 quite yeah, it's very evocative. It's very sort of um like you you really feel like laborious when you're playing it. It's a laborious process. Um and you you really do slow down when you get to certain parts and then you're climbing hill in the snow and it really feels like you you're you're getting tired and you're trying to run away from I guess your inner demons or something is quite a sort of metaphorical <laughs> game, I think. Interesting. It's uh it begins as a, I think, maybe the most beautiful game mm-hmm. that we play today. Yeah, definitely. Um, but as you mentioned, it's pixelated. That's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've played um, Proteus um, 
it sort of reminded me of the graphics of Proteus, which are quite sort of pixelated as well. Um, and it did make it feel sort of very beautiful and sort of surreal. Um, and s- the snow is constantly falling, these big sort of pixelated bricks. Um, and they're really kind of It's beautiful. kind of postcard beautiful, right? Christmas yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're there, sort of like snow falling around you, this beautiful, lonely, isolated wood. But it's a game about fear. Yeah, I, I think it, it really sort of succeeds in making you feel very isolated and, mm. and by yourself and alone. I, I didn't think that um, this particular game was the scariest of the three that we were asked to play, but it was certainly was, it made me feel quite alone and quite, it did make me feel like I was really running away from something, but I didn't really know what it was and whether it was going to really hurt me. I just knew that it didn't want, to, it didn't want it to come close to me. I guess maybe that's the difference between fear and scariness, right? The scariness of which is that sort of boo moment Mm -hmm. as you touch the woman with no head and no heart and suddenly Mm -hmm. everything glitches. Here it's much more of a creeping... It's an atmospheric dread kind of thing, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's interesting because pixels are usually used to evoke, you know, nostalgia and good feelings that this is, it's actually, you know, kind of horrible in a way. I think it's the starkness that that really, that they use the, the developer uses starkness to sort of make you feel like you're like really on your own and you really have to um, sort of like run away. And I, I think that that's, that was really, really effective, but... I think you feel really helpless because I haven't played that many horror games before, but the ones I have played have involved going into haunted houses and shooting things. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, I don't hold the gun anymore. All I can do pretty much is run away, and that is terrifying. And that comes from the name of the game as well, right? It's called Hide, and from that moment, you know you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's it. Well, I kind of felt that Hide was, if anything, that was like the instruction. It was like that's the manual, (laughs) and I like that because you don't know what's going on but you know you have to hide. Mm. And I think uh, what I liked about this was um, the art style felt very purposeful in the fact that it really felt like it was part of the design of the game in the way that I, I've i never been lost out in the snow in the wilderness, but it replicated that in a way that I imagine made sense in the way that it's not just about this kind of pretty pixelation. It's the fact that it's this indistinct fuzz and you can't quite make out. You see something, it might be a house, it might be some trees. Mm. And what I loved is the fact that because it's snow, there's no outline to anything, which means you're just looking and you don't know if you're going up a hill or down a hill and you don't know what's going on with the landscape. And you Mm. can't even tell, even though I kind of thought there was a run button, I wasn't sure. You never have any sense of how quickly you're moving or if you're making any progress. And it's I didn't feel, I never, weirdly, I never felt lonely. I was, right from the start, I was very aware that I was not alone. And it was more a case of helpless, yeah, and the fact that you kind of think, I need to run, I need to hide. But it seems like there's nowhere to hide. It seems like when you're running, it seems like you're not really moving. It's just, it felt very hopeless. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think part of the the way that it sort of creates this sort of hopelessness is the very much the controls. Like I felt like this game more than the others actually really made you feel like you were sort of walking through treacle or something like it really slowed you down and um, and it deliberately made it sort of very difficult to move around um, and you could look and see like things coming towards you uh, very effectively but your movement was massively restricted and even like that stupid sprint button really worked very well <laughs> That's a really sort of dreamlike feeling isn't it? Mm. The sort of feeling you've got to get away you've got to run away from something and you can't go anywhere. Well the massive difference between this and the, the third game we'll talk about obviously is now there's a similar sense of dread but it's completely unknown Mm. whereas in this it's always very easy to see where the threat's coming from because it is that feeling of you're being hunted through the snow and you can see the flashlights basically you just see lights Mm -hmm. panning around and it means you know where they are and it's an inversion because you're actually running away from the lights rather than running yeah. towards them because they don't they're not representing safety but even though you know where something. they are and what direction they're coming it still felt like you couldn't get away from them <laughs> um again i had quite a different experience for you <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't know how i managed to miss what controls i was supposed to use so i spent quite a while just pressing buttons and then i w- i knew that i was moving so it turns out i was looking up at the uh, at the sky and I was like, God, Steve gets me to play some weird games. <laughs> There's just white stuff coming at me and I don't really... Okay, I'll, I'll keep going for however long. Walked around, walked around. Uh, got to the church. Cause, so I, I heard some uh, sounds. There's like the bell. And I was like, 
obviously walk towards the sound. That's what you do. And then realised that I'd been looking up at the sky when I could sort of figure out that was a church. Oh, and that's the spire, so probably look down. Oh, I can move the mouse, that's fine. <laughs> and the first thing that I saw was rape. Five of five. <laughs> and I yeah. was scared. So I did get scared. Not in the right way. Um, turns out I also got four of them just by looking at the sky, so <laughs> pretty easy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 they're, they're not, like, ordered. It's that there's there's five things you can get. Yeah. Because that was the second one I found. No, no, I, I got you... four. So at the, at the end, you know, when you get caught and then it says you got X amount of five. <laughs> you got four I got four. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I was not able to get more than... I could only than, get two and I was I, fully I wasn't aware. <laughs> to get more than two when I was able to play it properly, so... That, Brilliant. Yeah, that's quite amazing that you got that got quite so many without Thanks. actually seeing. Simon, yeah. how did you get on? <clears throat> I think um, because these games were very similar, um, I uh, this was the one that I enjoyed the least, um, mainly because I prefer to know what I'm up to. Um, and I forget which one I encountered first. But I was like, what? Oh, why is that? Yeah, I found, I mean, I know I can see what it was trying to do, um, but it was, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it as, as much as the other two. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was fine. I must I'm, admit, I, I felt the pretension didn't fit. Um, I thought uh, out of all the games, this was the one that most played off of kind of Hollywood tropes, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them to throw in words like rape and persecution, I kind of felt like... Persecution, that was, I think that was the first one. It, I yeah, found. it wasn't, yeah. didn't really feel true to what they'd made. It felt like if they just contained it more and had a bit more of a I don't know and they were also weird. sort of going um, against gaming conventions though because if I'd seen a, a sign like Andy saying rape fi- rape five of five yeah. I would have thought you had to collect five rapes one person <laughs> yeah, five yeah. persecutions yeah, so, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was my first thought it's like, like heart pieces yeah. for a new <laughs> weird generation yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right, so. I thought the most interesting thing about this game and maybe it's something that games you know, have lost a little bit of is was the pixelization, the graphical style, which allowed you to fill in um, the stuff you couldn't see that you alluded to, Matt, with your imagination. It kind of felt like a visual representation of a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. It just the simplified way of doing it, of that sensation of just being lost. And that very much reminded me of Amnesia, which I think is again some of you guys. Yeah. Have um, the idea that you can't quite make out what you're hiding from, and that that is. The stuff in your head is way more scary than anything <laughs> yeah. that a 3D artist can come up with, right? Um, I think that's really, really interesting. It just taps into a very primal feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us, well, ancestors are something small in the woods running away from something with more teeth than you've got. And I think that really recreated that feeling. It's yeah. really basic. And it's that absence. Again, I, I did play Amnesia yesterday, actually, because um, I decided randomly, I thought I'd live stream the whole thing. So I, I played uh, all these games back to back for about two hours um, and did a live stream for videogamer.com, who are the guys I work for. But um, it was... I kind of knew that I was sort of like, well, it'll be fun. But in a way, I was like, I'm terrified. <laughs> Maybe if I have some people kind of with me, even if they are just a chat room bar to the side, then it might make me less scared. And in some ways it did, but in other ways it didn't. But when I was playing Amnesia, I was sort of trying to be jolly about it and trying to be like, oh, let's look at these candlesticks. Oh, isn't this fun? But the whole time I was just very frightened. And it was... It was interesting because I remember a guy right at the end said, oh, that's weird. Usually you would have seen a monster by now. And I played it for an hour and I didn't see any monsters. And I was still terrified. It was just this thing of being like, something is going to come at some point. I didn't like it. I, I, was, um, I didn't watch all of it. Well, I certainly didn't watch your stream live, but I watched the skip through the recording of it. Um, and uh, I noticed on the sofa behind you, it, there was what looked like a pair of trousers. <laughs> and I thought, God, he really did get scared. <laughs> like, no, I genuinely thought there were a pair of trousers. When you move the camera, you can't see them again. But uh, No, yeah. there was, that was my bed. So that's probably just like clothes on my bed. No, I didn't, I didn't get that scared. Although, okay. admittedly, at one point during Slender, I did scream and knock my table so much that the camera fell off. <laughs> and that was not staged. You, <laughs> talk about, um, you talk about the fact that... You you didn't see a monster for an hour or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, in a Hollywood movie, that would obviously never happen unless no. the director had predetermined that that would happen after an hour and that would be the whole thing, the build-up to this this big reveal. Well, it was just this... It was the, the fact that, as you say, it was these this sanity thing and it was the way that it wasn't telling me what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It just kept saying, don't hang around in the dark because your sanity will go down. And then when my sanity went down... 
all of the light fixtures started to wobble and my character kept lying down on the floor for a bit and getting a bit and I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. But in this experience you had control over that character. You could have forced various things to happen along that yeah. route regardless of whether you knew your actions would do that or not. Do you think that that creates an experience in video games that you could never ever get absolutely absolutely because there was a moment actually in amnesia last night i think it panned out for me Mm -hmm. in the fact that i kind of knew that there was a monster around somewhere and then i was going into this room and i got what i needed to get but then i kind of thought oh here's a barrel that was blocking a door i tried to come through and i lifted the barrel up and i went back through that door and kind of took a shortcut by thinking oh i know where this leads i'm gonna go through here thinking this might make me evade the monster and it did i'm pretty sure it did and it was Mm -hmm. actually but it might not have done. And it's the fact that you have these options and you think you think that you're going, a, you know, you're evading the Hollywood trope. You think, no, I'll beat the system. And But game designers are clever. And if they don't want you to beat the system, then... Yeah, they could probably tell. They're going to really gonna go. get you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, so that was Hyde. And we'll be back after this piece of music to talk about Slender. Dread and Storm of the Dark Moon. Earlier in the show, you heard Epsilon's Dream by Clam. You can hear all of this music and more at chipmusic.org, which is a fantastic chiptune repository. Perhaps not the scariest theme music <laughs> in the world, um, but there isn't very much scary chiptune music, is there? No, not that I've heard. I don't know. There's a, well, there's a gap in the market there, Steve. Maybe. Okay, um, before we go on to the next game, which is Slender, I want to have a brief word about Terry Kavanagh's Don't Look Back. Yeah. Which is one, another one of our extra credit games. How did you get on with that? I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would, actually. It's okay. a very simple platform game. Um, and I have fingers like sausage rolls. I don't, I don't get on with platforms. <laughs> um, but what was great about it is that the atmosphere for something that's very, very simply done mm-hmm. was incredible. It was um, essentially you start with a character standing by a grave mm. and then you go off on this little platform quest and it looks like he's going into hell and various other things happen. And... I thought the atmosphere was so good and I wanted to find out what happened. So I went on with it far longer than I normally would on a platform game. Um, and I found it really sad and like the most melancholy thing out of all of them. So did you get to yeah. the end of it? I didn't quite get to the end. It's a, I mean, it's a side-on uh, platform game, single screen, and it's very, very tough. I find it what were, you, what were you playing it on? Because I, when, when I played it, I played it on Android. Were you playing it on PC? Yes. So imagine if it, how tough it was on PC. Imagine <laughs> using touchscreen. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I find it um, possibly the least atmospheric out of the games, but only because my gaming side took over. Because it was so tough, I was just getting so annoyed with it that I just yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I just wanted to get through it, and I just wanted to beat it. Um, but that's just me. I found it interesting the sort of the fear that it created here. In the other two games that we've talked about, that has very much been a uh, almost a cinematic fear. In the first one, which it's about those boo moments. In the second one, it's this slow, crushing, creeping fear. This was a gaming fear right. of I'm never going to be able to do this single screen, and I know what I've got to do, but I can't do it. Yeah, and it was just oh, I, I never got so close to throwing my laptop <laughs> away. Like it was, yeah, it was really hurting. Did you get to the end of the I game? I didn't know. I got um, I got past one of the bosses, mm-hmm. and it was just when uh, you got to the parts where the platforms were just fading right, and disappearing. Yeah, yeah, and I was just, I no, no, thank you. So, did any of you get to the point of the game title? The don't look back title right because that was the cleverest part of the game for me um to spoil it you reach a point where you you've been playing this platforming game and eventually you find quite similar to which you find a ghostly figure at the end of it 
you collect that person and then you're moving instead of moving from left to right you're moving from right to left but at no point can you look back you can't move right or you just hear this horrible sort of it's like a reverse scream and you just explode and that's it so you've got to move not through the same levels um but through different screens and it is interesting that suddenly you essentially lose access to one of your one of your keys again i didn't find it uh, particularly scary uh but i did find it interesting yeah. I think it's. I think video games are this, the perfect medium for fear, like, like creating fear in you, because you you've, you you know that you have to re- react and and like actually um, put, make an input into the game, mm-hmm. and that's that. That's the most nerve wracking thing of all is is having a response to your own sort of situation. Uh, and I think that the the best way to do that is create an atmosphere where you're panicking constantly and not not being able to sort of put like input into the game and I think that's why it's so scary to play scary video games I I find it very difficult to play them by myself I need to have someone in the room to reassure me (laughs) for me it's the lack of rhythm because I think that um I don't know especially as I do make a lot of video stuff you get used to understanding the rhythm of video and I mean scary films unless they're very very well made just aren't scary because you know when the beats are coming and you go okay and they open it and there's the scare now that you get that as well in like kind of a lot of really commercial AAA scary games like I found mm-hmm. Dead Space 2 wasn't really scary because it was like oh and here come the crazy necromorph children um, <laughs> but when when it's things like these games where the pacing is not fixed that that messes with you a lot more, I think. Uh, well, you create the pacing, so actually, it's it's all dependent upon yourself. Which, and you're not sure what the game designers really intend on doing to yeah, you. So well, it's that uncertainty. Well, sometimes you create, and sometimes it just happens. And then with this third game, we're about my, <laughs> that was my problem with it is the fact that it wasn't you choosing your own pacing by choosing no. when you wanted to move. It was just oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell us about the third game? Oh, slender. Where do I begin? I find the um, the backstory of slender really interesting in that it's um it's almost like a modern ghost story. It began life on the Something Awful forums um, where people were asked to come up with um, a new monster and so they superimposed this long-limbed, no-faced figure into old photographs and that's how Slenderman was born. Um, And this game... God, oh, it's um. So you just find yourself in the middle of a forest in the middle of the night, and you're not quite sure what's going on. The only text that flashes up on screen is "find eight pages." So fine, you start, you know, and you can only um. So you can only sprint, walk forward, or um, turn your flashlight on and off because that's all you have with you. Um, and as soon as you pick up that first page, the drums start. You know, the music just kicks in and, you know, something is watching you. You're not quite sure what until Slenderman appears. And initially, he'll start um, very far away. You might not even make him out. The only thing you'll know is that when you're facing him, the camera starts to go a little bit staticky. Um, and it's a really interesting game in that way in that it actually punishes you for being curious and it punishes you for, you know, seeking out what is chasing you. Um, and... Every time you see Slender, if you turn around and the more pages you get, he'll get closer. So the only way you can sort of, you know, you can only run away, you can only look away from him um, and collect all the pages. And I mean, it's, it's, it's weird in a way because, you know, the graphics are nothing special. And if you do look at him, he just looks like he has a potato for a head, but he is terrifying. <laughs> he is very scary. Anne, was your experience with this game <laughs> as different as it was with the other two? No. <laughs> Um, yeah, it it was terrifying. And it had... Uh, I actually found with all of them there was a bit of the Blair Witches about them. Uh, you know, people leaving you messages so you know that there's something to be scared of or you're in a forest. And it's, and it's always from your point of view. The thing about Slender that... I don't... It it scared me, but it also made me sort of question it a bit as well, is where uh, you start getting static in front of you. That really, really freaked me out, but I was like, but that's my eyes. How have my eyes just gone static? I don't get that. So that, that sort of took me out of it for a bit. It did scare me, and it gave it a lot of atmosphere, but it took me away from it a bit as well. Um, but yeah. It's terrifying to walk around a wood. Everyone knows that it's terrifying to walk around a wood. It wasn't the wood that frightened me. It was the The fence. It was the fence. Right from the start, as soon as I started playing it, I saw the fence and I thought, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Because it's not about the woods. I don't mind going for a wander in the woods. I can do that. I can go and wander in the woods. But it's knowing that there's a fence means that. You're not getting out of there. If you need to turn around and run back, 
you can't. <laughs> and yeah, sooner sooner or later, about half an hour later, I think I found myself running into the fence, and I kind of thought I knew this would happen. <laughs> For me, it was that you go into a sort of hut or something and it's all white tiled. Oh, God. That is That was just the point at which I stopped playing because I was so afraid and there were so many, like, parts of it and I got lost in it and there were black bits on the floor and it was just... It was so terrifying, just the idea that it, it was almost like being in a, I don't know, like a, a butcher's or something, and I just was so scared. The whole way through that, I was just like, no, 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 no. I found the, that hut bit very, very interesting, because you walk into this building, if this was a movie, you would walk into a building, you would follow the protagonist, and you would be screaming internally at the protagonist, going, don't look down there don't look down there or you know if you look down there you know it's going to be behind you and you know turn around turn around turn around here the design of the hut is such that you will walk and you'll find yourself at a t-junction or a crossroads and you can turn left or right and you know internally whichever way you turn he's gonna be there or worse not gonna be there (laughs) yes and, and uh, you know, again, this becomes uh, like the thing we were saying before, the choice is on you, and it's up to you to get it wrong, and that makes it more horrifying, right? Yeah, you have to live with the choices that you've made, mm-hmm. which is, is terrifying. And also the fact that in those corridors, you know you know that Slenderman, you can't look at Slenderman, mm-hmm. um, but you know you have to look down the corridor <laughs> <laughs> to actually be able to know where to go, and then the enclosed space becomes so much more horrifying um, than the forest, I think. It's, it's, it was really interesting for me as well that the music for me was the worst thing because it was the more pages you collect it, it's it's almost got a layered effect it's so. designed to be horrible it's this is what because the thing is I was playing this with a little chat thing so people explained to me certain elements of the game and I was basically frantically shouting at them just going what, what the hell's going on what's this <laughs> tell me what's going on and people were explaining to me going oh yeah the more the music builds up every mm-hmm. time you... So it, it's like it's built to be horrible. It's like rather than rewarding you with anything good, the closer you get worse. to doing it, it freaks you out more. It's, it's designed to make you panic like, as well. Oh, you've like... got a page. Congratulations. Here's some more creepy music. <laughs> it's horrible. This was where my gambit turned around. This is where my gambit immediately fell down. I thought, it's great. I'll play it online. I'll live stream it for the website. It means I won't be as frightened. It means I can keep the light on because I need the light on for the webcam, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But then it meant that I, because I'd been locked in and because I had these people watching me doing it I couldn't stop and more than anything when I was playing this game I just wanted to stop mm-hmm. I cannot tell you I've never felt so strongly that I just wanted to drop the controls and leave the room but I couldn't <laughs> and I ended up playing it for about 40 minutes and it was the most unpleasant thing I've ever done <laughs> I'm never doing it again Do people get that same emotion from watching horrible movies reading horrible books I don't think you so You want to put it down but you can't why I found it so actually scarier than watching a horror film that would have been as scary because normally I love a horror film I love a scary book but I can go off and make a cup of tea mm-hmm. I can put my hands over my eyes <laughs> I can put a pillow over my face and you just can't do that in a game because you have to keep engaged with it mm. you're just being forced into it I just realised I couldn't do it because basically I had everyone I mean I, I'm sure I, I can't remember where you can find this video it's probably quite if you don't want to play the game but you want to laugh at somebody playing it very badly you can track down the video you can always try and find me on Twitter or something I don't know anyway but it's it I just couldn't do it and they basically were saying you need to go back because you just run past a page I didn't care <laughs> I, I quickly got to a point where I could not even think about the pages hmm. I was just running I was just running indiscriminately it was just that pure fear like that just that you know most mainstream horror games they just don't have nowadays because it's because it's such a contained experience you you just know that you know you're he's gonna be right behind you at any point and then that's it like it's just and it uses a real rule that so few horror video games use now of most horror games are always trying to surprise you mm-hmm. whereas this game after you've played it once the first time which takes about five minutes you know what's coming and it's just there's no surprise it's just a case of you know what's going to happen sooner or later but you don't know when and you don't know how and that dread I just found so much more terrifying amnesia I could deal with because I thought something bad's going to happen but I don't know what but in this it's like it's just going to happen I I think as well with video games particularly like horror video games and sort of ones based around fear um, there's, there's kind of more of a sense that you 
are actually because of your participation, particularly in indie games um, and these indie games, they've they've used the fact that you're actually like you you have a sense of self in these games. Like I think a lot of sort of mainstream like horror games tend to use the sort of uh, f- like film tropes, like something in front of you is going to happen and they're going to show you something horrible that might be triggered by you. But actually, these ones like sort of use the fact that you have a sense of self in the world to properly scare you. The, the interactivity becomes the actual mm. thing that you're scared of. It's an interesting thing with the only thing you have is is the flashlight as well and the interactivity comes into that in that you can actually turn it off and that means you're less likely to see him but it also means you're going to be stumbling around in the dark. <laughs> so it's putting that, that fear upon actually, you. Actually the Slenderman the, the game had the uh, you can sort of zoom in yeah. and yes. zoom out as well as the functionality and you're just thinking to yourself why would I want to do that? Why have you given me that option like that's just an awful thing stop it I found that the way that the game was designed just got me running around in circles in the dark because whenever I thought I could see the slender man my instinct kicked in to turn off the flashlight and turn the other way and run which meant that even when I thought I'd known where I was going and got my bearings I just ended up completely lost all over again blind panic gesture yeah. <laughs> um, I tell you what's interesting about this is that you are all telling stories about the game right all very very personal stories about your own experiences within this and indeed within the others I guess that makes it more horrifying in a way because this experience belongs to you and you're the only person to have been scared like that Mm. It's like Matt's amnesia story. You don't know whether that was designed or not. You don't know whether you've shared that with uh, hundreds, thousands, millions of other people. But right now, it feels like that was crafted just for you, which is not a thing you get from other types of media. And I think it's the setup. It's the environment as well, because I think what I, li- I liked Hyde, but it, it, for me, it felt cinematic because I've never been lost in the woods in the snow at night mm-hmm. in the mountains. But I've been in the woods at night, <laughs> and I'm not sure I ever will be again. <laughs> but, um, yeah... Simon, did this have uh, any emotional effect on you at all? Uh, it did, yeah. I, I um, well, I think it would be wrong to say that I enjoyed it, um, <laughs> but I, but yeah, I sort of did. I thought it was um, out of the three we played, um, it was the most video gamey, um, and even like right at the right at the start when I started playing, I was like why wouldn't you just wait until the morning to find these pages? Like, that was my first thought. But then I was so quickly drawn into it. I was like, okay, and the way that you know how many you need to get and you know every time you get one, it's going to get worse. It um, reminded me um, of uh, of how scary that promise can be. Um, very similar um, in... Uh, s- sort of sense to uh, 3D Monster Maze, one of the first sort of ma- running around maze games. Um, very, very basic. Um, but that was that. You, would, you, you had to get to the exit and avoid a dinosaur. Um, uh, and I think the Slender Man character is brilliant. I think the, uh, the idea that it appears to have tapped into something that is universally terrifying. Um, you know, they, they say that uh, monkeys are scared of spiders, sort of in- inherently. They aren't taught that by their parents. Uh, people must are terrified of the Slender Man, and it's it's <laughs> it's just something about him. And I, I, again, what's nice about the game is that it includes uh, links to his origin story, um, and uh, just even looking at these pictures that you know are the result of a Photoshop competition, and they're still scary pictures. <laughs> it's and you know you're told that they've been that they're fake. Um, yeah, I I, I I thought it was great. I didn't enjoy it, um, but I'm, I'm glad I played it. And it's interesting because this is the only one um, uh, so which came out in 2010 didn't it Hyde came out in 2011 Slenders I think it's the newest one um, but it's moving to Xbox isn't it I believe is that right they're doing a commercial version of it I think they're it. remaking are, yeah, are they? yeah. Or there is going to be some kind of incarnation of a Slender game right. coming to Xbox yeah, yeah and I don't even think I don't even think it's the man himself that's scary you know what it is I think it's just that fear of the dark because it's when you're in the woods and you're lost or you know everyone's had that moment where you know you have a freak out and suddenly mm-hmm. you just think what was that what was that and you you but you're all right because you've got a torch and you shine the torch at it and you go oh it's not it's just that but the whole rule of this game is <laughs> you can't you can't shine the torch yeah, at it. Yeah. so your one instinct is to go what's that and you know that's the last thing you want to do and that just and of course it. then all the trees end up looking yeah, like and him also, as well because he was originally designed to be tree like wasn't he mm-hmm. so 
<laughs> I think it's really cool that his origins are as, as he's like grown out of the primordial soup of the internet. You know, he's actually been grown in the internet and he, in lots of ways, haunts the internet. Like he haunts 4chan. Like yeah. he's this horrible figure that just everyone's invented collectively that's like everyone's fear. And that's really awesome. It's the modern day version of setting around a campfire telling stories. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's awesome about him. Okay, that's slender. And we'll be back after this to wrap up our discussion on fear. There's a ghost in the machine. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not sure. Maybe that's the Slenderman. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter. That was an abbreviated part of Downstate's I Never Think About You Anymore. How much do you think about the Slenderman? Every oh, time much. I close my eyes. It's interesting. Um, of the three games, which was the scariest for you? Oh, Slender. It's the most... I, I'm not joking when I say it's the most frightening thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> really? But also, also what's nice about it, I think, is that... Um, I, we're sort of sat here talking about games that are designed to, to scare you, and we've definitely spoiled Witch and Hide, but I don't think you can't spoil Slender. Slender. You can't, because yeah. I knew what it was. Yeah. I knew what it was. I think the most scary thing about it was I couldn't stop, and I think that was because I had locked myself into this weird contract with these people, and I wanted to stop playing it after eight minutes, but I ended up playing it for 40. So you say it's the scariest, uh, it's the most scared you've ever been by yeah. a video game. Is is does anyone else have a video game you'd like to uh, mention that's been more scary, created more fear? I, I was quite scared by Amnesia. Uh, mm-hmm. I did a 24-hour video game thing for um, for charity, and uh, people could sponsor me to do like a game of their choice for an hour just to get sort of a bit more money. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. It's Slenderman. Oh, you stopped talking mm-hmm. about stopped him. Talk- <laughs> Interesting. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, and, and so uh, for my, my brother was particularly cruel and sponsored me for a 3 a.m. slot with Amnesia the Dark Descent. And essentially, I'd been playing since 11 that morning and it got to that part and I, I was I was sort of had been drinking lots of Red Bull so I thought I was like hallucinating things <laughs> that I wasn't um, and I basically I, I survived maybe about 10 minutes of the hour and then I got in a cupboard and I wouldn't get out and it was live streaming over the internet there were loads <laughs> of people looking at my face which was just like stricken with fear um, and that for me was like the, the scariest thing even scarier than Slenderman because I actually I, again I could stop playing Slenderman because no one was watching me like they were with Matt but I had to keep going for these people on the internet who were sponsoring me so that was awful Simon can you think of anything uh, prior to 2010 that scared you as much as 3D Monster Maze. Yeah, I, I remember being terrified uh, with the first Resident Evil. I remember, um, yeah, playing it at three, four in the morning and just going, why are you doing this now? It was horrible. But, yeah, there was a particular bit in it where the first time, I forget what the name of the monster is, but he just, he just, you see it from his point of view and he comes up and just decapitates somebody. And, uh, yeah, he's terrifying. And, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, games do a very good job of being scary. I think they. Um, it's in, it's interesting that these are three indie games, and that we've mentioned things like Dead Space and um, that, that that don't appear to do it quite so well. Um, so you know, I think there are commercial games that have done it. I, I don't know if anyone in this room has played Fatal Frame. Yes, Project, Project Zero, Zero. Yeah. absolutely. I, I found that the most terrifying video game I've played here. before this point because uh, in Fatal Frame you are a photographer right? Me who? Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean th- th- it's, it's, th- it's that thing you don't have anything to fight back with right. and also she is the slowest climber of ladders <laughs> that I've ever experienced You are constantly vulnerable mm-hmm. and you know there's no way of, of fighting back like you say so all you can do is escape I also remember being petrified of Doom um, back yeah. in the day and specifically of flickering lights in Doom because constantly you are in a vulnerable state where you can't see what's going on and I think games really have that ability more than anything else. What's that? Um, there was a video uh, that was out last week and I linked to it on Twitter but I can't remember the name of the game it's the first one I've seen where you actually where it, the movement of the hands in front of you so as you walk past a wall you see the hand sort of steady itself and you mm-hmm. hide under a bed. Did anybody else see this? Like, um, no. And it was um, oh god this is annoying um, 
Yeah, uh, there was um, a splinter group of developers were famous for something else. They're making this. Put a trailer. I looked absolutely horrific, and you have to re- set look what, in what looked like an asylum. Um, and whenever you see something, you have to, it goes into a chase mode, and you've got to run away. You look at me as if you know. No, it's not like amnesia. A, a machine for pigs, maybe. Could be. You carry, I'll look it up. It's the best this. name for anything <laughs> it's ever. It's like the Nine Inch Nails album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I did find actually probably the second most frightening one's Eternal Darkness. Just yeah, well, that was good. Because of the things that the conventions it plays with. Well, right? it was just the fact that lots of the things weren't that scary. But it was the way it just ha- it just chipped away like a toffee hammer, mm. and it just meant you thought, "I'm not scared, I'm not scared, I'm not scared." But after it had done about thirty freaky things in ten minutes, yeah. you're just like, uh, you just started to lose your footing and with reality. <laughs> yeah, it was the volume going up and down that kind of slightly put me off that game. I was like, "Oh, stop it, stop it!" It just made you question what was actually happening all the time, and yeah. that kind of yeah. I think the thing that we've sort of found uh, common across all the video games today, I have to be quick and wrap up, is that. The, one of the things that's scary is the feeling of being in control and being the people who are making those decisions that ultimately place you in jeopardy, right? Yes. And I think another thing that's, uh, that's true is that not seeing things is mm-hmm. scarier than seeing things. Uh, it's, it's called Outlast. It's from Red Barrels, who did uh, Prince of Persia games. Um, yeah, look it up. It looks terrifying. <laughs> it really does. Uh, thank you very much uh, to our panel today for coming on No Continues. I think it's been uh, successful, right? Uh, it's been terrifying. It's been <laughs> terrifying. Which is successful. Uh, we will see you next week for our next discussion. I'm not sure what the theme is going to be, but we'll announce it on the LL Twitter, which is at... Twitter.com forward slash one left. left. Until then, we'll see you in your nightmares. Hey. That works. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>